your marriage and your love is the fruit and your fruit should be so beautiful and so delicious that your neighbors want to jump the fence to pick the fruit. So when you have a sexy, rockin' marriage, believe me, other people know too. And they're going to be like, where can I get some of that? And you be like, the holy marriage blessings, my friend. Hey, you're listening to the Blessed Couple Podcast, where we talk about how to do this marriage thing and experience God in the process. I hope you enjoy and subscribe. Let's get started. Now, this part is full of energy, full of life, and just so much food for thought and such fruitful discussion that will follow after it. So you're in for a real treat. This is you know, all of our sessions are fantastic. All our speakers are fantastic and they have helped me so much. I've probably listened to all of these presentations at least 20 times, if not more. And every time I find something that tweaks my heart and reminds me of something, oh yeah, I better do that. But in particular, this session that's coming up has transformed my life because of Christoph and Lena. For more reasons than one, they've changed my life. So I am personally very committed and very convicted about this session. It's because of Christoph and Lena, actually, that I first originally agreed to and saw the beauty of parents matching. I got matched during a time when your father stopped doing matchings in 2002. He said parents job. And at first I was like, no way, I couldn't do that. I want your parents matching. And Christoph and Lena were just so inspiring and passionate about just being matched and blessed by their parents. And I was like, hmm, let me think about this and pray about it. So they got me on the track of preparing for the matching at 15. (laughs) And I got matched at 17 by my parents because of them. So I owe them so much. So it is with great love, admiration, respect, and appreciation that I have the privilege of inviting up Christoph and Lena for this this session of love, sex, and happiness. Please open up your mind, open up your heart to this very special session, and you'll be surprised what you may learn. So without further ado, let's welcome up Christoph and Lena. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Mara. What what an introduction. Not, Not anything to live up to, but we are going to invite everybody to join us in prayer because this is all about true love and centered on our beloved heavenly parent. And so we want to start our session centered that way. So if you would all please join us in prayer. Heavenly parent, we gather here now to really connect with each other and with you as well. And the most important central part, the connector between husband and wife in our blessed couples. How we can really be able to enrich and enkindle our spark, our engine drive to bring each other closer and we can continue on this amazing journey, this eternal journey of blessed marriage. Our beloved heavenly parent, we thank you so much for our spouse. Each one of us has been blessed in a very special way with a person to share our life, to witness our life, to share our troubles, and to share our joys. And this person, the only person that we share this special connection and bond with of conjugal love, and we really want to ask your hand of blessing and anointing on each couple that is gathered here in these virtual rooms, on each family, that you can really just bring the Holy Spirit into their love life, that you can really feel the joy that they bring to each other and they reflect back to you just the way that you originally created lovemaking and intended for lovemaking to be. We're so grateful for this opportunity to share, and we're so grateful for the blessings that we receive by being able to be a part of this mission. We thank you so much, and we offer all these things in our name. Christoph and Lina Asake, blessed central family. Adieu. Now that we've gotten the prayer out of the way, we're now going to continue with some hundoke. But the reason I say that is because a lot of times we think that sex is something that is taboo or is dirty or something that we shouldn't discuss when we talk about religion or God or things that are pure. But actually, it's the exact opposite. When we look at all the words and key profound statements that are being made by our founder, Reverend Moon, there's a lot of them that are about sex and about good sex, correct sex. Absolute sex. Absolute sex. So we want to definitely share. We've collected a lot of quotes and more quotes than we're going to actually go over together here. So you can always look in your book for the additional quotes we have there if you want even more sexual scripture to go on these points. But if you could join us, I'm going to share my screen, but you can also read along or look in your books. I'm not sure what the exact page number is. Can someone please 
host the start of the page. Remember for the Sex, Health, and Happiness One presentation, please. We really believe it's important to start with scripture because this is a sacred union between husband and wife. It is physical, but it's also spiritual. Absolutely. All right. So in the spirit world, you'll compete in the total time that a husband and wife made love on earth. It may be 40 days or several months. If a couple makes love for such a long time, can they get divorced? No. Learn from others. We can learn conjugal lovemaking also from the experience of others. The important point is that we must use what we have learned for the sake of our spouse. You should consult and ask women around you, how do you do it? If you want your husband to extend the time of lovemaking because you cannot feel a sexual climax yet, you should ask him to do foreplay much longer. If you look with God's eyes of true love, there will be nothing dirty. God created every part of the human body. It is natural. If you feel ashamed, it is a habit of the fallen world. Now, it's easy to read those words. It's not always easy to live those words because many of us are carrying baggage with us. And that is regardless of the generation that you come from. So we want to invite you to open up your hearts and start to look at being able to lay down some of those burdens, some of those outmoded ways of thinking, those attitudes and feelings of shame that are connected with sex and sexuality, because that's not what Heavenly Parent intended for us. Mm -hmm. And some of us have been through difficult things and even trauma. And so this is really an opportunity for healing and growth for many couples. So also on that point, you could even argue that it is our religious mandate. It is our sacred duty to be able to overcome these things. And it's not something that we should do on the side or maybe we have a couple minutes here or there. It's almost a requirement. This is one of the central key tenets of our religion. So we definitely want to focus and be good and to make it absolute and not carry around that fallen baggage. Have you ever kissed each other's sexual organs? How do you like the taste? There is the most exquisite and infinitely endless taste. One we can never forget, even after a thousand years. This one is really important to us because we've heard from different couples around the world and different generations that they don't feel comfortable always around oral sex, or they maybe don't feel like it's something that we're invited to do. But actually, we're, as Christoph said, well, right, we are commanded by our true parents to explore each other sexually to embrace each other and to taste each other. And so if we have a feeling of discomfort or embarrassment, then this is an opportunity to let that go because that's not what Heavenly Parent had in mind for us. And we are invited and we are encouraged to explore each other fully. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think that also this disinterest or this desire to explore means we also don't know very much about the sexual organs, especially the woman's sexual organ. It is a mysterious temple, which none may dare go. That's usually the way people think about it. Not even women know what's happening down there. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we do childbirth education for couples that are having their first babies. And it's amazing to me how many sisters are working with partial, incomplete information about their own anatomy. So... I want you guys to take these words and to be in a place where we can explore and talk about these different topics in a way that it can be holy. It can be together with your spouse. It can be connected with God. Mm. And that's where we want to be together now as we continue to go forward. Mindfully, intentionally, spiritually, not as an afterthought, but as something that we really invest our heart, our mind, our energy, our time, our love into elevating and making better and more beautiful and more intimate. So with that said, before we can go further and talk about what should be done, we kind of need to know where you guys are standing at right now in terms of your knowledge. Right. So we do have an activity for you. We're going to celebrate the palace of love. So this is a quiz that you can only pass because if you try, then you're going to get an A from me. And in case you don't know, I'm a teacher and I don't give A's easily. So if you are putting yourself out of your comfort zone to try this activity, you already have an A plus, regardless of how expert your artistic skills may be. So what we're inviting you to do now is we're inviting you to draw the vulva, also known as the vagina, 
and all of her wonderful parts. If you want to get scientific, you can draw little labels and name things. We're going to give you five minutes to do this activity. If you are a super fast artist, you may also have time to draw the jade stem, the penis, the emperor of love. So if you want extra credit, you can draw both. But we're going to focus today on the vulva because she's a little more complicated. And as Kristoff said, unfortunately to some, still slightly mysterious. So we're going to play some music and give you five minutes to oh. draw in your workbooks if you have workbooks or a piece of paper or a tablet if you're a fancy digital artist. Yes, and these are why you have those crayons or other writing implements to make a beautiful work of art that's also as accurate. You don't have to necessarily be as accurate as possible, but we definitely would like to see you at least show off as much of the different parts or the map, shall we say, that you can at least recollect or know of. Right. Be an anatomical cartographer and show off your knowledge. Okay, so let's go ahead and celebrate the Palace of Love. Now that you guys have taken a look at what you think you know, shall we show off what it actually is? Sure. So if you need a few more minutes, that's okay, because we did promise you five. You can finish up your artistic creations, your heavenly explorers here, charting your, your territory, which is very cool. So if you need a few more minutes, that's fine. But in the meantime, we have a little pop quiz. So raise your hand, virtual hand, if you can, if you know what this is. Dun, 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 dun. This is a life-size model. Ta-da! What is this mysterious organ? Over 8,000 nerve endings. Hmm. <laughs> okay. Where's our hands? I see one hand raised. All right, let's, is it? let's choose our one hand. I see two hands raised. Uh-oh. Well, we had one first. Okay, I see it was, I see Zeth. Should we have them, oh, and Katie and Kenny? Should we have them speak it out or should sure. I just text it in? Sure, Okay, what is it? What is it? Sorry. Uh, the clitoris? It is! Yeah, knew it. <laughs> it's really interesting how long it took scientists to be able to map the clitoris. It's kind of amazing that as a sex educator, we've only been able to have models like these for less than a decade. And women's bodies have been designed this way since Adam and Eve. So, you know, scientists took a little while to get there, but we're glad they got there eventually. Now we're going to pull up our, be nice friends. This is not the most complex artistic creation. So we want you to imagine that this is a person lying on her back. Okay, bottom, anus, mons, pubis up here, mound of Venus, kind of patty, fleshy part over the pubic bone, leg, leg. And here we have the vagina or the vaginal atritis. Oh my gosh, I forgot to draw the urethra. We have the outer lips, which are closer in texture and appearance to the skin on the legs, the labia majora, and we have the inner lips, the labia minora, although scientists get with the program, the labia minora aren't always smaller than the labia majora. Sometimes they stick out past the labia majora and that is totally normal and natural. Also completely normal for labia to be asymmetrical. Then we have this area in the center, which we call the vestibule, or the Chinese translation is the porch. And we have up here the glands or the clitoris. This is really just a tiny bit of the clitoris, the part that's on the outside of the body, right? Because we know that she's an amazing superstructure that goes deep into the body. And we have the prepuce or the clitoral hood. Now the clitoris has these cool legs, the cura, that go down in between the labia. So she's just amazing. We're going to talk a little bit more about her later. But then of course we have hair and everybody's hair is different. Some people have hair just a little bit. Some people have hair a lot, hair down here, hair everywhere. That's all normal. And just imagine that there's a little dot right here for the urethra. Sorry that I forgot to add that. But we do have a model for you as well. Ta-da! This is our beautiful vulva puppet. Yes, as you can see, we have the outer lips, which in this case are bigger than the inner lips, but they don't have to be. Also, the inner lips can be a different color. And then inside, we have the clitoris and the clitoral hood. As you can see, it can either cover things completely or it could be not covering things as much. Every vulva is different. And the clitoral hood is designed to move fluidly over the clitoris. We have the delicate glands provide a lubrication for the clitoral hood, but 
we should wash our bodies with water. Soap is not necessary because if that natural secretion is left too long, it can actually adhese the clitoral hood, which is not good. So we want to just make sure she stays clean. But yes, the hood is designed to move fluidly over the clitoris. Mm -hmm. And also down here. So the next thing to mention is... See, their urethra is here. Look yes. how fancy she is. It's very fancy. Yes. So the first thing to mention is the actual vagina is only this part down here on the bottom. This is the sheath, which is what the word means in uh, Latin. But the whole area, this whole thing is called the vulva. So the vulva is the vagina's neighborhood. Thank you, Dr. Lindsay Doe. Yes, indeed. So we don't want to just focus on the vagina. There's a lot of pleasure that can be found there. There's even more fun bits all around. And exploring your couple's vagina and vulva is very, very exciting to do. And super important. And now that you know just how big and how dense with nerve endings, just to help you get an idea, the clitoris alone has over 8,000 nerve endings. Okay, that's a lot. That's more than men have in their penis, the shaft, the corona, the head of the penis, the testicles, everything, all the whole package is less than that. So women's bodies are incredibly sensitive. And so for many bodies, it feels better to touch the clitoris indirectly by using the clitoral hood or even by using the lips. And Christoph's going to go more into specific in-depth instruction in our gentlemen's group. But you don't necessarily want to touch the clitoris directly. It's kind of can be akin to like somebody poking you in the naked eye. With, with, with your knee with a, with, or, or a foot or something <laughs> gigantic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the wondrous, wonderful vulva, magically, beautifully, wonderfully designed by our heavenly parent with a lot of care and intricacy, beauty and consideration. How long, how deep is the vagina itself, Lena? Vaginas vary in length. Every woman's body is a little bit different, but on average, the vagina is about three inches long and is a pocket, which ends in the neck of the cervix. So if you imagine the cervix is a sort of a pear-shaped organ, your uterus has a nose, a tip of the uterus is the cervix, and that sits in the vagina. And... Black women tend to have the longest vaginas and Asian women tend to have the shortest vaginas and everybody else is somewhere in that spectrum on average and corresponding lengths for penises. Most penises on average are around six inches. Some can be a little shorter, some can be a little longer and they vary greatly in length when they're flaccid and when they're erect. They're also very depending on your ethnicity. So they kind of correspond with black men having longer penises Black women having longer vaginas and the other end of the spectrum, Asian men having shorter penises as Asian women have shorter vaginas. So one issue that has come up for some couples is if you have an interracial couple, as we do, you can sometimes have a mismatch in size. And the most common issue that we've come across is the wife is very small and the husband is a little bit too long or a little bit too wide. And there's a couple of hacks that you can use that can help resolve some of these issues. So since we started teaching, we are so lucky that there's been all kinds of advances for couples. And one of them is a product called the Onut. And we'll share the link. It's not inexpensive, but I do feel that it's worth it because you only need to buy it once. It comes with various modules. So it has about, I think, three or four that you can change how many they stack. They stack interchangeably. And what it does is you just slide it down to the base of the penis and it can change the depth of penetration to make it more shallow. So this can be something that you use sometimes because also the cervix gets longer or shorter depending on what time of the month it is in a woman who's still menstruating. So during the cycle, the cervix will stretch the neck to reach for the sperm to ensure conception. And then other times the mother should be like, don't talk to me, get away from me. I don't want to look at you. And she's like tucked way back. And when she's tucked way back like that, deeper penetrative positions can feel really great. And when she's really soft and stretched out, deeper penetrative positions can feel really uncomfortable. So having a tool like the Ona can be really helpful in 
being able to adjust the length of your husband's member. And we highly recommend that if you are a smaller wife and you have a larger husband, that you have intercourse and then the woman has an orgasm because orgasm creates a lot of blood flow and engorgement and everything gets really full and tight. And if you're already a little bit smaller, that can be an uncomfortable level of tightness. So those are our our quick tips. And again, we'll go more in depth in our gender breakout groups. All right. So we've talked about some pretty intense stuff right now. I think we need to step a little bit back and have some more Hindu to show how important this thing is spiritually as well. You are the lords of creation. So you have to become kings who can teach all kinds of lovemaking. We must learn how to make love through observing nature. You should even research how thunder and lightning make love. Now, we (laughs) have learned so many interesting sex facts about creation since we started exploring to be able to share and to improve our own marriage. There's a lot of animals in creation, and some of them mate in weird and wonderful ways. Dr. Howard told me about this bird that lassos its spouse with its penis and then pulls her in. Also tigers, there's like a lot of biting, like shoulder biting and neck biting, which I thought didn't look particularly comfortable, but actually was very exciting. So maybe you should try some biting. Yes. Animals of different kinds have various styles of lovemaking. Thus, for a week, you should try to make love in the style of tigers, feeling passion greater than a tiger's. It's not just us who's saying this. These are holy words. Sacred scripture from True Father, from Reverend Samyang Moon. So if you think about the amount of scripture that there is on elevating, perfecting, investing in your love life, you can see very quickly how important it is. It isn't an afterthought. It isn't something that went last. If you just look at the anatomy of the female body, it's so intricate and so incredible and so amazing how it can change and how it can adapt from the life cycle to give birth to another human being. I mean, absolutely incredible. You can clearly see this complex, most special part was not an afterthought by Heavenly Parent right? That was maybe a primary focal point. And unlike other animals, orgasm, climax, ecstasy doesn't actually aid in conception. Heavenly parents specifically designed sexual pleasure between a husband and a wife for intimacy, for connection, for love, and that's it. So if the only sex you're having is for procreation, then maybe take a look and re-examine that attitude because really, We are intended, our bodies are intended for connection, for love, for pleasure, for intimacy, for excitement, for passion. As Christoph said, inferno, for an inferno. And all of that was designed to generate and connect and express joy. And when we are feeling that in a God-centered relationship, Heavenly Parent is experiencing it with us and through us. Yeah, absolutely. This is our core mandates to help God be happy and to do this, to show him the power of our of our love. And don't just think that this is something that helps each other and helps God. Your kids will see how profound your marriage is and they will want it. If, on the other hand, if it's terrible, they don't want that. They will see your actions much more loudly than your deeds, than your words. So think of it as the best way to be a diplomat and to represent what true love is about. It's interesting because if you are a child of parents, you have a vague or possibly not so vague idea of your parents' love life. That's just the way it is with human beings. And if you think that your kids are not aware, then you may be mistaken because they are. And if you know that your parents have a loving, sexy, passionate, exciting, romantic marriage, that's exactly what you're going to want for yourself. But if you feel like your parents have a meaningful partnership in co-parenting and life of faith without the exciting, sexy, romantic, loving, passionate expression of romantic marriage that we are designed to share only with our one true love, then that might not be something that they see for themselves 
as a goal for their future. So when you think about investing in your relationship, your romantic relationship, and specifically your sexual relationship, you may think that you have to do everything else first. Take care of the kids, take care of your obligations, take care of your spiritual duties. But this is a spiritual duty. And when you take care of this aspect of your relationship, you are taking care of your kids. You're taking care of their future happiness as well as their current happiness. Because when you love each other and when things are going great, that ripples out to impact your whole relationship. And when things are not going so good in this department, that can also send shockwaves out throughout your entire relationship. Absolutely. We must make the best use of the precious gift from God. It means for us to transform our conjugal sexual life into a work of art. We are to make our spouse feel joy. Hmm. And that's our purpose of creation, right? Absolutely. All right. So we've now let's talk about some more important practical things again. Right. So we've we've talked about the incredible importance of sex. We've talked about how it should be elevated to an art form. We've talked about how we should approach it intentionally and purposefully and meaningfully. We've talked about how having a fantastic sex life affects your whole family. Not only that, actually, father says that your marriage and your love is the fruit and your fruit should be so beautiful and so delicious that your neighbors want to jump the fence to pick the fruit. So when you have a sexy, rockin' marriage, believe me, other people know too. And they're going to be like, where can I get some of that? And you'd be like, the holy marriage blessings, my friend. Okay, so can I get a witness? It is a witness, but let's get real. Because if you are 100% on board and you really want to make this a super wonderful, amazing, exciting, electric experience, you may face some challenges like every other human being on the planet. So we're going to try to give you a roadmap to help you overcome some obstacles that face a lot of couples. And one is that we change a lot. Women change a lot. Men too, but women a lot, a lot. So it's not just a dramatic change as time goes by. It changes every four weeks or so. It changes every day. In little and small things, we are all different at all times. So we cannot just rely on what worked in the past, whether that was yesterday or three years ago or when we first got married, to predict how you should act and operate in the bedroom today or tomorrow or next year. Right. And I mean, if you're really going for a gold star and you're making love more than once a day, every time can be an opportunity for exploration. And having a challenge can really force you to be creative in a way that you may not have realized you had the capacity for, that having those little parameters, those challenges, those obstacles can really help you generate and create some amazing experiences between yourself and your spouse. So we wanna give you a few specific examples. One, if you are in your childbearing years and you are bearing children, you will experience many changes of pregnancy, the gift that keeps on giving. So many wonderful experiences during pregnancy. And lovemaking can be one. So for some women, the increased blood volume of almost a third, the increased sensitivity in breasts, and the increase in hormones actually makes you really romantic and really open to lovemaking. And you just feel excited and, and frisky all the time. And for many other women, you may not feel sexy. You may feel like your body has been taken over by a small beloved alien that is doing, you know, weird somersaults in your stomach. And that might not make you feel like a sexy, wonderful vessel. And that's okay. So if you're struggling with that, first of all, you are beautiful. You are incredibly beautiful when you're pregnant and you are desirable at every stage of pregnancy. But if your tummy is getting in the way, there are some hacks. For example, if you have a appropriately proportioned sink in your bathroom, that can be a great place to make love. And your tummy can rest in the sink, which provides support. And if your counter is the right height for a lot of people, it is depending on your height. If you're very tall or very small, it might not work for you. But that's a suggestion that has worked for a lot of our friends. Spooning is another position that works well for pregnant couples. You snuggle up 
side by side and the wife is the small spoon, although you might not feel very small with a big belly and the husband is the big spoon. And there are other positions that, again, we'll go into more depth in our women's breakout group. One challenge that faces most couples at some point is vaginal dryness. And that's why I want to introduce you to our friend, coconut oil. So coconut oil smells good, tastes good. It's a great massage oil. And unlike many other oils, it is approved for internal use, both consumption and use in the vagina. And not only is it approved for use in the vagina, but it's actually great for vaginal health. It's antifungal, antimicrobial. It's really friendly for vaginas. It's not friendly for condoms. So if condoms are your primary method of birth control, then coconut oil may be something for later use, but it's really great most women, almost all women, experience dryness while breastfeeding. And some women can also experience dryness during pregnancy. And if you're on certain antidepressants, you can experience dryness. If you are going through or have gone through menopause, you can experience dryness. So as I said, most women at some point in their lives will experience dryness and that's normal. It's totally fine. You're wonderfully and perfectly made by your creator and coconut oil is your friend and can help. And if you can't use coconut oil for whatever reason, maybe your contraception is condoms, as mentioned before, or maybe you have a coconut allergy. I'm sorry, because it's great. I mean, ashy elbows, ashy knees, coconut oil, chap lips, coconut oil. Okay, you want to fry some pancakes, coconut oil, bring it to the bedroom, but not the same when you use in the kitchen, two separate coconut oils, but coconut oil. But if you can't use it, then we recommend KY, Silky. It's a water-based lubricant. It's very gentle. I have super sensitive skin and I'm allergic to a lot of things and I can use this without a problem. So that is our second tier, our second favorite lubricant. Yes. So to encapsulate what she's trying to say there with that one specific example of pregnancy and also not having lubrication, there will be challenges that will occur or affect your lovemaking. Mm -hmm. And if you're not prepared for those challenges, it will be a severe dampener on your ability to have delicious lovemaking. But it also can be an opportunity to make sure that you can find new and exciting ways of doing things like she mentioned. Right, and we could give a thousand examples of challenges that couples face and ways to work around them. But the reason we know a thousand ways to work around challenges is because we've invested our time and our energy to learn mm -hmm. how to overcome those challenges. And my friends, Google is your friend. You too can study, learn. We're gonna share some great books and resources, but really, you are super smart and no one is more invested in the success and health of your relationship than you. So like was mentioned earlier in the day, these challenges can break you apart or they can bring you together. And it really comes down to investing the time and mental energy into solving these problems, all right? In a way that makes you better and closer together. So a lot of times for guys, it's more like we want things to be equations that are true everywhere and at all times. We want to solve the math equation for the woman orgasm and then we'll just do that every time. But the problem is, is that due to changes in the time of day, see the time of your month, the season of your of your existence, you know, how many kids you have and how things are going. How unshape your physical body is and what age you're at. Right. <laughs> things change and they may not all change for the good. They may not all change for the bad, but they change. And so you need to prepare yourself for the changing environment you're in to bring maximum efficacy to your lovemaking. So you yeah. can't just rely on the same, same old, same old formula every single time. That's the key difference there. And you know, if it's working for you and you're having delicious lovemaking, doing something similar or same that's comfortable and familiar, you can get a little relaxed, maybe too relaxed doing something similar and familiar. So we want to encourage you to be proactive and explore. So on that point, even if you're comfortable and confident with what you have, you can always improve 5% better over time becomes amazing, delicious sex. You know, people in movies and the media think that it's all about young love or fresh love. I'm telling you guys, love just gets better and better every yeah. year as we've been blessed. That's right. That's right. So you need to constantly explore what works for couples, not just now, but every day is going to be a different exploration. And that's exciting. Hey, if you're getting something good from this episode, it would mean the world to us if you could share it with someone you love or leave a five-star review because the only way this podcast spreads around is through word of mouth. So a share or a review would go a long way and it only takes like 10 seconds to do. Thanks, back to the show.
All right. So what's the average time for an orgasm for men? Two minutes. How, what's the average time of orgasm for women? Average, average. Which means many women take longer, but 15 minutes is the average. So one thing that I've heard a lot from sisters is, oh, I'm struggling to reach to orgasm. I'm having, it's this kind of internalized blame that there's something wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you. And everybody's path to orgasm is different. And some people find orgasm right away. Congratulations. I'm super happy for you. And other people really need to work to find what works for their couple before they can reach orgasm together. And it's worth the investment. And you don't have to do it alone. And there's so many wonderful resources out there to help and support your couple. But women take longer than men. And Reverend Moon says, brothers, you should be a gentleman. The clitoris is the doorbell. Don't just barge in the door. You should ring the doorbell. So foreplay is your friend, my friends. So honestly, especially because the average is 15 minutes, it means you should be willing to take 30 minutes to give her an orgasm. Also, she mentioned a key thing there about foreplay. Foreplay doesn't start, doesn't have to start in the bedroom when you guys have all your clothes off. The sooner you start foreplay, the less time you need to take. So if you need, if you think that 30 minutes is too long, you're not willing to put that effort in, you need to start preloading some of those things there, right? You need to start getting things going way before the bedroom so that things are effectively, efficiently getting to their conclusion, right? Anticipación, build the fire. We're not going to say that you should start sexting each other with nude photos because, you know... The internet is forever. Yes, so maybe not that, but you can send sexy texts that are very suggestive without necessarily being explicit. So we invite you to be creative. Maybe you'll find your own emoji. Maybe you'll find some code words like perhaps orgasm will be dessert or cupcakes. And then that cupcake emoji has a whole new meaning. So we really invite you to think about how you can stoke the fire and build the flames before the bedroom because most of us are busy. Most of us have demands on our time. Many of us have children. It takes a lot of planning and preparation to be this mindful and intentional when it comes to lovemaking. And the more you can help yourself, your future self, the better. Yes. So without a penis entering a vagina, you can have sex if you have a disability. You can have sex if you are dealing with something that is impacting your physical ability to perform certain sex acts. There are so many ways to connect and to be intimate with each other. And there is a whole spiritual practice of Tantra. And many of those exercises involve breathing together, connecting your heart, your mind together, and experiencing an, an intimacy on a whole other level. So sometimes we have this idea of the way sex should be or needs to be or looks like or is supposed to look like. And we just invite you to let all that go and really just be invested in bringing each other joy. To that end, we have been asked many, many times by many, many hold couples. On, hold on, hold on. Oh, before we get there. So going back to what we learned earlier today from Crescentia and from John Williams, these are tools that can help you, especially in the bedroom, because that's when we're very vulnerable. We're very easy to say, oh, I'm ashamed of what's happening here. And we don't want to let our partner see things that we're struggling with. Right. But as Crescentia mentioned, women love to hear about how things, you know, the struggles that you're having. So if you can open up to say what you're vulnerable about as guys, that's great. That's a great way of getting your woman to lean into you if you let it. Or it can be something that you use to push her away and not talk about the struggle that you're facing. No, no, no. You want to use the tools that you've experienced today, you know, active listening, you know, calling timeouts, you know, scheduling time to talk about important topics. These are all tools that are magnified when it comes to sex. We encourage you to bring every single tool you have in your toolbox to when it comes to improving and opening up your sex life to be with each other. And there can sometimes be an attitude of judgment. Your partner is not doing something right, but that isn't a very loving and inviting way to approach communicating or even seeing your husband or wife. So we just invite you to let that go. And the biggest thing let go is sometimes you may need to schedule sex, especially if you have little kids, you're really busy, you're in that time, the stage of your life. If you think oh, sex must be spontaneous and 45 minutes long gourmet sex, then you're going to be in for a lot of fasting there. 
It's not going to happen so effectively. So you may need to let go of some of the things that you've felt are necessary and meet the other person halfway. So a couple of things since we opened up the scheduling sex point, we talked about wonderful ways to communicate about sex because all of the tools that you learned today apply, as Christoph said, tenfold when it comes to discussing touchy topics such as the bedroom, which can be taboo for many couples. I also want to put the crazy suggestion out there that you might try talking about sex in the car. There's an interesting study that show that men like to communicate side by side and women generally like to communicate face to face, sometimes not making eye contact, but still being able to touch each other and be close to each other. Looking in the same direction can help to take a little bit of pressure off of sex talks. Using humor can also be a wonderful way to take a little pressure off of, to take a little bit of the seriousness out of a sex talk and positive phrasing things that you like, what works for you, what you would like more of rather than, I really don't like it when you, it's such a turn off. I hate it when this, maybe I like it when you do this. And if you're not sure what you like, if you still need to explore, you can say, you know, something is not your favorite thing and what you think you might like to try. And that puts some responsibility on you to think about what you would like to try. And that's a good thing. And also remember, just because it didn't work out right now, does not mean it will never work out at all. There are positions that we tried when we first got blessed. We're like, oh, this is not good. This doesn't feel good at all. But years later, we're like, this is amazing. Because we right. just were better at having sex. And so we will experience it in a different way. Also, our bodies were different. Our experience level was different. And, you know, we believe in eternal marriage. You're going to be married in the spirit world. So you're going to be having sex with this person for the next millennia or two. What's a few years? Really, in the grand scheme of things, it's the blink of an eye. So humor, a friend of ours, wonderful couple. Kids are running around, ho ho, mon amour, I want to open you like a flower. I want to taste your oyster. And when it comes to scheduling that sex, if you experience a difference of desire to your spouse, congratulations, you are a human being. If you don't, you may be a wonderful alien visitor from another planet if you are perfectly matched and your sex drives are always at the same speed. But for most couples, we're in different gears and that's normal and it's okay. And it changes too as time goes by. It does. And so my husband is a connoisseur. He is a gourmand. He enjoys gourmet, passionate lovemaking. I'm talking about a five course meal. Okay. Talking about candles, massage, musique. Okay. Everything. And I was like, <laughs> we have small kids. They're crazy. They never sleep. So if we don't get some hippity-dippity going on, we're going to starve to death. So I was like, you know, just uh, quickie. Quickies are great. And he was like, but if we start having quickies, I'm concerned that's all we're ever going to do. And there's a great book, Mars and Venus in the Bedroom by Dr. John Gray. We love it. It's super easy to read because you don't have to read the whole thing to get all the benefits. And it gave a wonderful example of how to have a productive sex negotiation. And so what we landed on was for every three, three cookies, that was our code name for quickies, for every three cookies, I would make sure and make time for gourmet five-course meal sex. And that took some planning and some babysitting trading with our upstairs neighbor and other preparations. It was totally worth it because he could relax and let go and realize that quickies and cookies were not all we were ever going to eat. And I could relax to know that we weren't going to go for a fasting period as long as our kids were that small. Yes. So going back to orgasms, as you were about to say, a lot of people have asked us for a position where both the man and the woman can orgasm at the exact same time, which is tricky considering the different like angles and the, the rate of increase and those different things. So positions. Uh, Positions. We do have a position that we can recommend in order to get simultaneous things as much as possible. Now, when he says simultaneous things as much as possible, a lot of couples feel the pinnacle of oneness is simultaneous orgasm. This is not a view that we hold. We feel that all orgasms are created equal and are equally joyful and equally valid and valuable. But if this is a goal that you have for your couple, here's a position that we recommend. This is a position that you can do with either partner on top. 
The picture that we're showing shows the husband on top and the wife on the bottom. The husband is supporting most of his weight with his elbows. It also helps if you use your abdominal muscles and the wife underneath has her legs together. Once you get into this position and you're interconnected, the husband can also draw his legs together. So both of your legs are together. What this does is it changes the angle of penetration so that there's more stimulation on the outside of the woman's body. So we have, we're not only dealing with stimulation inside of the vagina, but also on the top and the clitoral region, you're getting stimulation as well. Now, if you're new to this kind of position and you are trying it out and it's still not quite working for you, we actually recommend that you try the reverse with the wife on top because when she is on top, she can control the speed of thrusting, the depth of penetration, the angle of penetration, and kind of figure out what feels good for her body. And once you get it and you got it and the rhythm is good, then you can flip and you can try it with the husband on top. So either way works. If you're just starting out and you're really searching for that orgasm together, wife on top might be the way to start and then transition to the slightly more advanced version, which is husband on top, because he has to be very attuned and very connected to his wife's experience. So the whole point of this position is also not only to make it so that we're not just having that kind of deep in-out penetration, which goes directly into the, vault, the, the vagina. vagina, but it affects the, the surface area here because you're going more like this. Also, the pressure can be a very stimulating thing as well. And that's why we recommend, that's why the pressing works very well. If this kind of position is weird and you're not feeling it, you can always simply try to do short strokes. What we mean by short strokes is when you have the penis inside of the vagina, rather than thrusting in and out, which is a deep stroke, you thrust up and down to rub against the front of things. So the Tao talks about this kind of stuff. You want to do like an eight to one ratio or 10 to one ratio for every one deep stroke, you have eight or 10 short strokes to make sure that she gets a lot of pleasure out of that. And that's the basis of this. And this is simply a more complex version of that kind of idea. Right. And as Christoph mentioned, the Tao is a wealth of information. There's a great book called The Tao of Health, Sex, and Longevity. That's why our talk is titled Sex, Health, and Happiness, because people who have active, vigorous sex lives are healthier. They have healthier hearts. They are happier people, and they live longer than their counterparts. Yes. So not only is it good for your spiritual health, it's good for your physical health. Yes. So the last thing I guess we're going to say, we of course have many more quotes. If you look in your workbook, you'll see more quotes. If you need further Hundukay in this point. Well, we talked about this already, so we're going to go to this one. Yeah. Yes. So the last thing I want to talk about is Kegel exercises. Right. So many, if not most couples will face erectile dysfunction. A husband's inability to achieve or maintain an erection can really put a damper on things in the bedroom, but it doesn't have to. First of all, there are so many things you can do with each other's bodies that don't require a fully erect penis. So definitely check it out, explore, have some fun with that. Second of all, there are many health conditions that contribute to erectile dysfunction, which are sort of an overarching cause. So if you can address those health things like diabetes or high blood pressure or obesity, if you can start to address some of those root causes, then you can look at an eventual solving of your problem altogether. But even if you're not the best at maintaining a perfectly healthy weight, <clears throat> and even if you are a little bit older and your blood pressure just doesn't want to cooperate with you, or even if you are doing everything you can to manage your diabetes and your penis is still not obeying your heart's command, have hope because there was an amazing study done with thousands of participants. And what they found was, and these are men who are suffering from moderate to severe erectile dysfunction. And what they found was over 75%, don't, sorry, I'm saying it wrong. It was more than 75%. It was, I think, 85%. Anyway, let's say, let's say 75 to be safe. Over 75% of participants regained sexual function through doing Kegel exercises. Now, most women, Kegel, Kegel, most women know what Kegel exercises are because most of our OBGYNs or midwives have told us to do them and taught us how to do them. Some of us may yet learn in the ladies group, but many men don't know the wonderful health benefits of Kegel exercises. So just like women, there are levels to pelvic floor strength. Da -da -da. 
This is a model of a female pelvis. So it's got a lot of goodies inside, which men, I'm sorry to say, you don't have, but the bottom is the same. So I'm just gonna remove these pieces. Pelvic floor, puococcygeal muscles, called so because they connect to the coccyx or your tailbone all the way down. They control everything, bladder function, elimination, your digestion. Pelvic floor muscles are so important for your overall health, but they're especially important for your sexual functioning. And this hammock of muscles that goes from the front of your pelvis to your tailbone is what really is going to make the difference for you. And you might not like to exercise, but Kegel exercises don't take long. And it is one of the fastest toning muscle groups in your body. You can go from lackadaisical, lazy Susan muscles to Olympic level strength in just six weeks. I can't really give you that health guarantee with anything else. So it's totally worth the time and investment. Christoph is gonna go into detailed instructions on how to do it for gentlemen, and I'm gonna go over how to do it for ladies. But erectile dysfunction doesn't have to put a damper on your love life. There are so many things that you can do that don't require an erect penis, and there are things that you can do, healthy changes, and this wonderful Kegel exercise that can help address the root of the issue with the root. So we talked a little bit about hormonal changes, difference of desire, briefly mentioned trauma. Unfortunately, if you live in the United States of America, one in four women will experience a sexual assault during her lifetime. It's my experience in sharing in the sister group that it's maybe even higher than that. So if you've experienced something in your life that is creating an impediment to your ability to be fully free and fully expressed with your spouse, I really, really encourage you to get counseling. It's so important and it's so important for your emotional health, your mental health, your spiritual health, and the health of your sexual relationship. And the Blessed Family Ministries has wonderful counselors listed on their website. That's a great place to start, counselors within our community of faith, but you don't have to stop there. Okay, we are kind of running up against time, but there's one thing I do want to say about kids. One of the best pieces of advice my mom ever gave me was, you don't have to only have sex in your bed or in your bedroom. The whole house is available. And you know, it's not just your own house. I mean, really, you can go on a staycation and get a motel room down the road. You can house swap with some friends to have a romantic, low cost, no cost getaway. You can explore all the various pieces of furniture in your home if they have not yet been explored. A lot of couples, when they have kids, do family bed. Maybe you don't, which is fine. And if you do, sex in other places at other times of the day. Afternoon delight became a standard staple for us when we had small kids, we would, Christoph would come home from work. I was a teacher. I got a lunch break. We would connect while our kids were occupied doing other things with other people. And that was a great way to maintain our close connection when our kids were small. Ironically, now that they're teenagers, it creates a whole new set of challenges because they never sleep. It's like having toddlers all over again. They're just sleeping all day long and then they're just awake all night long. But anyway, we'll talk about more specific things in our breakout groups. Thank you so much, Christoph. No, I think that's basically it. We're out of time, unfortunately. There's never enough time to talk about never sex. Enough. There's uh, so many great things that we want to share with you all. Yeah. So thank you very much for participating. Thank you so much for opening your hearts to what we have to say. Hopefully God has to say to you as well. Thank you, Christoph and Lena, for your wonderful presentation. Hey, if you want to improve your relationship or take your sex life to the next level, well, you're in luck because more than 70% of couples that take our Love and Integrity course said that the quality of their sexual relationship improved after joining the course. Sounds good? You can join the program today with your spouse or just take the course by yourself at loveandintegrity.com. See you in the next episode.